This episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast, has been brought to you by HorrorPack.com. Do you like movies? Do you like mystery boxes? Now for the biggest question. Do you like horror movies? Yes. Yes, I believe you do. HorrorPack.com has your fix for both. Sign up. And every month you'll get four movies on either DVD or Blu-ray. Unless you sign up for both. Well now, how much is this fantasy of horror? The DVDs are $19.99 a month. The Blu-rays are $24.99 a month. Pretty much a deal right there. Oh, and tell them Larry Greenstein sent you from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Horrorpack.com It's what everyone is dying for. <laughs> hey there, Achieving Reality. And I've already fucked that up. Congratulations! Everybody, welcome to another Team Rally the podcast. Let's see what we talk about this week. There's a Mysteries of the Unexplained, Boys, a book with a view, product review of Jello, and we also review some uh, little uh, coffee flavored candies that are Japanese. They're really good. Uh, Marissa and I have eaten them all now. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Team Rally the podcast. We'll see you in the end. Bye. to the Buford Highway Farmer's Market. Did we not already do something like this? I go to there a lot. Oh, okay. Because I don't get down to the, the cab farmer's market. It's too far from here. It's not that much further from here than the other one. It is for us. And I picked up Milkata. These are cappuccino shake candies. I thought this was the sequel to Jibkata. Uh, no, that's crap. So these are... Uh, like freshly brewed coffee with hot steamed milk, these bite-sized creamy candy are simply delicious. Made using real milk and packed with calcium. Oh boy. The rich, stop it. The rich flavor is reminiscent of a frothy Italian cappuccino swirled into a frosty frappe. Seriously, caution, candy can cause choking. Yeah. <laughs> They have to put these warnings on there. It's not only long for the back, it's mostly warnings for the logo. Pringles, use at your own risk. <laughs> Pringles, well, you're gonna eat this whole can, so you might as well just buy another. May cause a sensation of fullness. <laughs> Warning, may be delicious. <laughs> I know these are gonna be bland. <laughs> I'm suing. Ingredients. Sweetened condensed milk, sucrose, fresh milk, skim milk powder, milk fat, glucose, sugar, hydrogenated coin oil, tree nuts, coffee powder, allergies so, galore, uh, calcium carbonate, butter, 
Milk fat, oh. non-fat milk, salt. Artificial flavor, coffee. Shellfish. Emulsifier. <laughs> emulsifier. Glycerol monocerate and soy lecithin. Caution, candy can cause choking because you're too stupid. No, yeah. one of us is going to choke. You know that, right? Yeah. It's probably going to be you then. No. Not me. I'm not going to open the back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, no, no. Should we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all those emulsifiers. Coffee-y? Yes. Yeah. I was expecting it to be sweeter with all that stuff, you know, sweetened condensed milk and sugar. And... Well, the sweetened condensed milk is basically just the base of the, the candy. That's one of the things that just makes it chewy and stuff. You didn't say anything about any OMGs. No, no OMGs. But it is naturally and artificially flavored. Genetically modified caramel. <laughs> Genetically modified coffee. Psycho. They're good. I like it. We've been slowly munching on them. <laughs> I mean, we haven't really had that many that's still... More than half a bag. We crossbred coffee beans with almonds. <laughs> what would that be? A almond bean? Coughlin? A coughlin? 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 Oh, yeah, man. Might be delicious. The coughlin. Grind them up. Put them through the coffee maker. Grind them up. Give them the meal. Let's... Oh, my coughlin is here. Uh... Oh, if you grind up almonds, you get, you get almond butter. Yeah, which is tasty. So you got like, uh, like a coffee butter. Spread that on your toast. Put a little bit of Marmite and butter. <laughs> that Marmite went bad. It never started good. Well, I mean, it was past the expiration date. Expiration date. date. Well, get... that's what happens when you keep it in your shelf for four years. Four years? Well, four years. Like one. Well, it's printed on the label. I know. But I thought we only used it that one time. I know, because I kept forgetting to use it with the beef gravy that I bought. So now i got to go buy another thing of Marmite. <laughs> And uh, what was the farting noise you just made there, Marissa? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like a horrible idea. No, it says that's one of the things. You take a little bit of Marmite, mix it with beef gravy, and then you spill it over like a steak. And it's supposed to taste amazing. Okay, but you got to buy a whole jar of Marmite. Well, yeah. And you see that little bitty jar that I got. It wasn't that little last bitty. until it expired. Yeah. That's like the little littlest bitty the one I got. What did we hear the other day? Wrecking Ball? <laughs> he really likes his song. <laughs> Did you listen to that on the way here, Chris? <laughs> no, but it was in an ad before the movie last night. Oh. Oh. I can't remember now. Doesn't matter. It was a thing, like a song or something we were talking about. No, it was a, it was a spice. We've done it on the show. Ginger? Sporty? <laughs> Baby? Posh? No, it's... um. Sorry, scary. Paprika? No, not paprika. We haven't done a... Cumin? <laughs> Beer powder? No. It was that liquid. Oh, oh, I know. Maggie? Yeah, Maggie. <laughs> I heard something the other day Maggie. that there was a big thing of Maggie that just got recalled. From what country? From America. Oh. Because it's different in different, different countries. Yeah. We'll see if we can find that. I think so. I might I might be wrong. They have really, it's not that important. They have really big bottles of it at the uh, Buford Highway and the DeKalb Farmers. Oh, yeah, there. I know. Like big bottles. It was crazy. Mm. I saw it went down. Speaking of which, so I got me a shit ton of green peanuts to try out the Instapot. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's You said it was 80 minutes, though, right? Yeah. So if we try to do that for this, we'd have to start it, like, a day early. A day early. <laughs> 80 minutes must be much different here than what it is in my world. <laughs> well, time moves differently in the studio. Depending on where Neil is. 
Feels like a gravity well. <laughs> Time slows down, everybody. Hey, everybody. Why is Neil always late for things? Well, technically, he's not. <laughs> hey, everybody. Slow. Holy shit. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Why are you talking so slow? <laughs> so it might be 9.30 here, but it's still only 7 in Neil's room. <laughs> 7 in the morning. I'm not waking up yet, man. Neil's- it's not 4.20. Neil's clock has got what we call a contact eye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Now, I don't see a recall. It just says, meet Maggie, the super brand conquering the world within two-minute noodles and stock cubes. Bruh! I'm Maggie! Neil before Maggie. <laughs> Give me your ramen and your meat. That didn't come out right, did it? <laughs> I mean, it starts off in November 2015. The board of the Swiss-based global food giant Nestle sat down for a celebratory lunch. In between venison, terrine, and pan-fried stroganoff with a... What is this with it? They can't see that, (laughs) Caviar cream and corporate big wigs were served with the star dish of the day. Caviar cream and corporate big wigs were served? (laughs) Mm. <laughs> yeah, a plate of instant, no- instant noodles, man. I wonder how John tastes. <laughs> um, nom, nom. Ooh. The caviar cream is delectable. Yeah, the, carpet, the caviar yeah, cream on his forehead was delectable. Serve with a star dish today, a plate of instant noodles. Poof, they're noodles. Really? <laughs> That's what you serve corporate bigwigs with. Noodles. Yeah, you know. You don't serve over a better rice. Of course Well, imagine what kind of rice. If it's like a risotto... Maybe. Let's put the difference. Rice noodles. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it is. There's a reason for plating up such humble fare amid a procession of gourmet delicacies. We're still marketing highly profitable Maggie noodle range to shop shelves some 4,300 miles away in India. Five months earlier, the range had been withdrawn from the sale and consumer fury over claims that the subcontinent's then best-selling quick Cook noodles contain high levels of lead. Doesn't any level of lead <laughs> constitute a high level of lead when we're talking noodles here? I don't know. It matters. Are you allergic to heavy metal? <laughs> oh well, it says. Okay. <laughs> so the debacle cost Nestle, which was which has always denied any contamination, estimated a. It wasn't uh, contamination. It was an ingredient. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a feature. Like, the dude guess, at the top of, sitting over the vat with a little spoon. A little bit of lead there. A little bit of lead there. It's kind of lead ball. Yeah. Just shaving little pieces. Still grating it into it. Yeah. It has... Grated lead. <laughs> well, you have to run the grater over the lead. It's too heavy to do that. Well, it's a small block. Even a small block. Hey, there's only 500 to... Five hundred million in lost sales and costs, including a seven million <laughs> seventy million spent on right recall <laughs> and and the the incineration, the ovens of a concrete works, of thirty-seven thousand tons of packets of noodles withdrawn from sale. There, see? So they took it to a giant <laughs> oven and incinerated them? All that lead went into the air. God, it is India. That, that, All that lead's already in the air. That's our fault too. We did that. Remember, most, the big, remember the big chemical debacle we had over there? A lot of that's their fault, though. This is funny. It was this is interesting. It was announced that week that Maggie is now the world's third most frequently purchased brand, 
Beaten, all because of what you want. Beaten only all because by, of our review. Yay. Beaten <laughs> only by the sugary might of Coca-Cola and the dental pulling power of Colgate. Colgate is the world's most purchased... No. Product. Product. No. I don't know. I can kind of see it. They've no. got a lot of products under the Colgate name. I don't think they're meaning just toothpaste. I'm thinking they're meaning all their brands of toothpaste plus all the brands of mouthwash plus all the toothbrushes that have a Colgate name to mm. it. But there's a lot of Colgate. Mm. They also say, according to London-based consumer research company, Cantor World Panel. Oh, them. Maggie. Cantor World Panel. That's my character in Street Fighter. <laughs> Maggie products were bought some 2.49 billion times last year and entered the kitchen cupboards of just under a third of all households on the planet. A 14% wow. rise on the previous year. What year was that? Price discount, price discount, price discount. <laughs> It doesn't tell an actual year. The next thing they say. What was it posted? Oh, it was just posted this Friday, eleven thirty, Friday, May twenty fifth, so two thousand. So this was, uh, yes, yeah, it was definitely the review. You're welcome, Maggie. <laughs> We've made you number three in the world. Yeah, so we want a couple, three bottles of Maggie and some Nestle stuff. Yeah. Well, he can have the bottles of Maggie. I just want the Nestle stuff. Oh, this year. Yeah, the figures put the I want more Nesquik. Brand All the Nesquik I can handle. I want some Maggie in the red bottle. I want some Maggie in the yellow bottle. And if there's a blue bottle, I want that too. And if there's a green bottle, let me have that as well. I want to try the Maggie's from the other parts of the world. Yeah, just, you know what? Fuck it. Just give us Maggie from all over the world and then all the Nesquik. And, and label them so we know what country they come from. Yeah. And we'll, where we can review them on the show. Yeah. Apparently, it's a 134-year-old brand founded by a Swiss entrepreneur who spotted a gap in the market for pre-made soups fashioned from dried peas, comfortably ahead of other household names such as Pepsi, Dove, Nescafe, and global rankings of the popularity of consumer Which is goods. funny because Nescafe is Nestle. Uh-huh. Oh, it's Nintendo. Yeah. It's Nintendo coffee. That was tasty. The story behind this success is a very modern tale of how some of the world's biggest companies are now making a substantial and growing share of their profits away from the mature markets of the West, but instead targeting consumers in the developing world with their marketing might, research budgets, and the, and use the of case podcasts. of Nestle at least, a strategy which every one particular podcast every, yeah, ties this brand into the cause of improving basic health in poorest nations. Porous? Poor nations. In the poorest nations. Yeah, poor nations. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Squish it out and ring it. Are we done? I don't know. Uh, no. Are we done? I don't know. Bit? It's kind of interesting about this. Uh, oh, cue in for more of music. For Ooh, more, it's <laughs> time for more. Mysteries of the Night You all don't even do that anymore. What the blue part? Yeah, it's 
Neil, man. Harley keep his attention even focused on doing Neil's of the Weird. I know there's like one recording that's like 40 minutes of silence. He would just read the book to himself. <laughs> hey, he's pretty good. Yeah. What? Uh, you need to do this out loud because we... Oh! Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, let me go to break. Oh, shit, I read this. <laughs> All right, so I hit my number generator and we get 72. As I flip to 119. Uh, All right, let's see what this is. It's a book. No, stuff that falls from the sky. No, shit, that should that be? <laughs> it's uh, it. It looks like it's in the same oddities one because I just passed forty-two. So. Anomaly. And yeah, whatever. Nah. <laughs> and oddities. Should we go back and double check? Nope. Okay. So forty-two, right? I'm gonna be seventy-two. <laughs> All right. A Book with a View. During World War II, Yorkshireman Arthur Butterworth, no relation to Mrs. Butterworth. Yes, it is. How do you well, know? It's different, different Butterworth. Somebody in his family's name is Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> uh, was, uh, yeah, not that Mrs. Butterworth. Not a particular one, but. Yeah, I mean. Was stationed at an army camp on the, on the grounds of Treversham Hall no, near Norwich. Norwich, however they want to pronounce it over there. Dunwich. <laughs> Dunwich. He had ordered, Strange things going on down in Dunwich. He had ordered a hand, second-hand book. He had ordered a hand sandwich. He had ordered a ham second... Sandwich. Shut <laughs> up! Apparently he wants a ham sandwich. That means I had to go to the kitchen and make he, one for him. He had, oh, you're not Mrs. Butterworth. Oh. He had ordered a second-hand book on music from a London bookseller. And when the parcel eventually arrived... I a book on second-hand music, and they gave me the second-hand book on music. He, he opened it in his hut, standing at his window. As he did so, a picture postcard fell out of the book, evidently placed there as a bookmark by the previous owner. Mr. Butterworth saw that the card had been written on August 4th, 1913, and he turned it over to look at the picture. To his astonishment, the photograph showed exactly what he could see from his window at Traversham Hall. Since the army camps during the war were signified solely by a postcode and not a name, the bookseller could not have known where he was sending the parcel and therefore could not deliberately have included the card as a friendly gesture in a book about music. Arthur Butterworth found not an ordinary gift, but a baffling resonance of time and space. The Sunday Times, London, May 5th, 1974. Hmm. Woo! I was kind of setting something a little more... Freaky. The picture postcard fell out. It's a picture of him standing in a window. <laughs> I could read this uh, footnote here. Uh, Does it relate to the story? No. Well, I mean, sort of in a weird way. It all has to do with World War II. Okay. In 1941. Play footnote theme music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yay, footnote. <laughs> It was uh, in 1941, it was suspected that those advertisements for the dice game, The Deadly Double, gave clues to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Oh, speaking of that, Pearl Harbor's closed indefinitely now because of the uh, eruptions. Threat, threat of bombing? No, from the eruptions. Of the, so technically threat of bombing. Yeah. Yeah. Threat of lava rocks. Yeah. Uh, more recently, it has been suggested rocks. that... The, yeah. Not just because of Pearl Harbor, but because of... Hawaii being eaten by lava. Well, mm -hmm. actually created by lava. Being eaten by lava. Some of it's being eaten, but some of it's still being created. Well, yes, it's 
it is recreating itself over top of the people and buildings and pets and goldfish and stuff. Pets and goldfish? Mm -hmm. So goldfish isn't a pet. They don't really have that back and forth that you want with a pet. <laughs> you uh, pet with a glass and they go... <laughs> More recently, it has been suggested that the numbers shown on the dice right, which is double X's, a zero, a seven, a five, a 12, and a 14, predicted Kennedy's assassination by Oswald. Because of many variants that can be tried in numerology games, the probability of finding apparent coincidences is high. Hmm. So, Achtung, wording, alerte. Uh, we hope you'll never have to spend a long winter's night in an air raid shelter, but we were just thinking, it's only common sense to be prepared. If you're not too busy between now and Christmas, why not sit down and plan a list of things you'll want to have on hand? Canned goods, of course. Mm -hmm. Candles, sterno, bottled water, sugar, coffee, Salt. tea, brandy, pepper, and plenty of cigarettes. Monosodium glutamate. <laughs> sweaters and blankets, books or magazines, vitamin capsules. And though it's no time, vitamin capsules. <laughs> though it's no time to really be thinking of what fashionable. We bet that most of your friends will remember to include those intriguing dice and chips, which makes Chicago's favorite game, the Deadly Double. Dun, dun, dun. Weird. No. We're talking about the... It's unexplained! So basically, that's something that they sold from, from at least the beginning of World War II through to the mid-60s. And it's still out there probably, just under a different name. I got a game over there called Liar's Dice. And basically, you bet on what you think the roll is going to be, and the person who rolled it lies about it. Well, how do you win? The, whoever gets closest or gets it wins. Well, if the guy's lying. You've got to guess around what he's lying. Then you show the dice. Oh, you guess how much he's lying by. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Then here we go. Deadly Double Pearl Harbor Mystery. Wasn't so mysterious. You lied. What do you mean I lied? Right here on Google says, Deadly Double Pearl Harbor Mystery Wasn't So Mysterious. Deadly oh. Double Board Game from Board Game Geek. So you can get it from there. Yeah, look how old this was. I didn't lie. They lied. They heard it from you. Yeah, because I'm ancient. Yeah. My name is Methuselah. Yeah. You're older than me. We had this discussion. <laughs> oh, it's a Snopes article. Oh, well, I don't believe them anyways. Only because they debunked your Kennedy theory. My Kennedy theory always holds water. All right, two, or two weeks before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in 1941, strange ads appeared for a game of chance called the Deadly Double, which some theorized later was a coded warning. A new book released to coincide with the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor not only purports to offer the definitive account of the battle that provoked the United States entry into World War II, but also teasingly repeats an arcane conspiracy theory associated with that attack that rarely makes it into the history books. It's because it's a conspiracy theory. On November 22nd, a strange advertisement appeared in the New Yorker magazine. It pictured a group of people sheltered from an air raid playing dice under the headline, Octoon Warning Alert. You got just a day. Yeah. Scattered throughout the issue were six smaller tag ads, which you were just looking at, mm -hmm. but the, the listeners can't see, referring back to the main copy, with a dice number 12 and 7. Right. Numbers on no known dice. Later during the war, Navy transport pilot Joseph Bell was flying a South Pacific current when one of his passengers and intelligence officer told him that many in intelligence considered this 
had a secret warning. He had been assigned to investigate the matter, but every lead led to a dead end. The ad's copy had been presented in person at the time of the magazine's offices, and the feed paid with cash. Neither the game offered in the ad nor the company that purported to make it ever existed. <laughs> I'm going to look and see if there's anything else interesting in here. Alright. And I'm going to say no. So then, cue uninteresting music. Jello. Leave the recorders with Marissa. And I got you later. I got Jello pudding. Let me know when the episode comes out. <laughs> I got Jello pudding. Jello pudding. Sounds lightly good. Here. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds yeah. delicious. This could this could lead to problems. This is with a new special additive too. I don't know what that is though. Uh oh. What's the new additive? <laughs> Never mind. Oh damn it! Are you ready for a nap? Am I ready for a nap? Oh, <laughs> it's called subtext. Yeah, it's called sub subtext. It's got subtext you don't want people to catch on to. Exactly. Oh, look, this was produced with genetic engineering. Is OMG's in it? Yeah. Uh oh. So its ingredients are skim milk, water, sugar, modified cornstarch, cocoa, processed with he alkali. Said milk. Yes, that's what I said. Contains less than uh, one and a half percent of hydrogenated vegetable oil, coconut and palm kernel oils, cornstarch salt, sodium sterol, lactacacacalate for a smooth texture, sodium alginate, calcium phosphate, natural and artificial flavor, artificial color, vitamin A, pepper, palomino, and vitamin Oops. D <laughs> uh, contains millet. Distribu- Who's milk? What? Who's milk? milk? Uh, probably cow's milk. Uh, distributed by Kraft Heinz Food Company, Chicago, Illinois. Jello.com. So For all your Jello questions. This would be the uh, this would be the chocolate flavor I have in my hand first. So we have two in front of us. We're gonna do two different flavors. So let's open our chocolate one. Mix in some vodka. Cheers! I lick the lid. You can lick the lid. I'm gonna lick your lid. You? I'll leave that to Klaus. Klaus too busy licking your lid. I licked my own lid. Giving you a lid job. (laughs) Spinning a rim. You don't know that. This is already. (laughs) (laughs) So, what do you think about <laughs> it's good. That's how I remember it. Yeah, jello pudding. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't like something you haven't had since you were a kid. This is something that's been around and we haven't bought it in a long time. Yeah, we haven't. Last time we bought it was more than 15 years ago. She doesn't buy it because it makes you do things, <coughs> unholy things. <laughs> Everything I do is unholy. Unnatural things. No, it's natural. What are you getting at, Chris? Things that haven't happened to other men since World War One. <laughs> <laughs> I am not full of mustard gas. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> no, I'm not eating mustard. 
So basically, if I invent mustard pudding, we'll have to slap a warning label on you. <laughs> you should just slap a warning label on me anyways. Well, I have one on the podcast. <laughs> I know, that's why we have the explicit tag. Explicit is not strong enough a word. <laughs> that's why I have to, like... You were so careful to give him all that milk earlier. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I actually had ice cream this weekend and it didn't affect me at all. Oh, the other people in the place was passed out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my stomach wasn't bothering me, nothing. The smell was tolerable. <laughs> there was no smell. Because you're used to it. No. Look, man. If I'm gonna... I have photos. <laughs> Everybody was still standing. <laughs> Look, see? The lady directly behind me is still okay. I mean, they're all leaning on stuff. <laughs> but that's just a coincidence. Well, I like it. I like my jello pudding. That's, <laughs> that's kind of a no-brainer. Well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be a no-brainer. It would be interesting if Marissa was like, Ew! <laughs> Chocolate pudding. This, Ew. This Ew. Sucks. Oh my god. Chocolate looks, looks like poo in a cup. Yuck. Three hosts, three cups. Three hosts? One, two, three. Two hosts in a parenthesis. In a parenthesis, yeah. Well, we used to watch that with Ryan Reynolds. Two hosts in a parenthesis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they just changed it to two guys. They got rid of the pizza shop. Two guys and a girl. Two guys and a girl. And everybody tuned in, it's like, ooh. And then they're like, oh. No. Yeah, two guys and a girl, and then it became two guys and a girl in a pizza shop. No, it was the way around. Oh, that's right, yeah. Two guys and a girl in a pizza shop. And then it was they... two guys and a girl in a pizza shop and David Ogden Stars, and then they changed it to two guys and a girl in a pizza shop, and then they got rid of the pizza shop. And David Ogden Stars, they actually said that part? Or are you just fucking with me? Because <laughs> knowing you, you're probably I'm fucking with me. changed it to two guys and a girl and Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Hi! Oh, no, that's a different Nathan. <laughs> You're like a Nathan Lane. Yeah, they're like a Lane, yeah. Which would have been a better show. That would have been a better show. Two guys, a girl, and a producer. Two guys, a girl, and Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I would tune in for that. <laughs> I did tune in for that. No, oh, there you go. I only watched two episodes. But if it's two guys, a girl, and Nathan Lane, oh, I'm there. Oh, yeah. Hell, you're in the audience. He's this was filmed before a live studio audience of one. Yay! <laughs> I'm going to be up on the stage, too. No. no, he likes to be behind the camera. Oh, okay. You never know. No, I, I pretty much know what Chris likes to be when it comes to movies. Behind the in camera. The so that was our chocolate. We and all. Opposed to Larry, who likes to be on screen in the Wookiee suit. On screen in the Wookiee suit and in the audience. He's kind of short for a Wookiee, isn't he? Kind of wide for a Wookiee. <laughs> well, he's a, he's a, he's a Wook. He's kind of a Wookiee offshoot. He's called a Nookie. I did it off of the Nookie. Mm-hmm. I was watching the movie last night and. I kept thinking, wouldn't this be like really cool if they just did the Chewbacca movie? They are going to be doing a Boba Fett film, mm-hmm. which is what everybody's been begging everything to do. It's like, we want this, we want this. Well, here's Han Solo. What part of we want this guy did you miss and <laughs> confuse you know, for Solo? The thing about it is that they know they can't win with a Boba Fett movie. Everybody's going to be like, I didn't like it. You did it wrong. He was not right. They can't win with any Star Trek, Star Wars movie. Or Star Trek. Especially they're doing Star Trek, yeah. Spock, a Star Wars story. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to see it, but I don't know why. (laughs) The the word star is in it. I hear Spock, and I hear Star Wars, and I I see a movie. I, I get confused, so I'm dressed up as a blue shirt with a lightsaber. (laughs) <laughs> this is a 90 minute movie of Spock and Yoda 
Yoda keeps telling him to search his feelings. He's like, I can't. That's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm Vulcan. I sense not so much fear in you. So training not going well. Training's not going well. So I would buy it again. Well, yes. In fact, I did. Yes, you would buy it again. So uh, I, I love. Matter of fact, he may after the show. And I might go buy some more. I never, you never know. So that was our wonderful chocolate flavor. Uh, if you don't mind, we're going to review a second one, which can make it all one big piece because it's the same thing. One big piece. This is the tapioca, tapioca. pudding. Ew. <laughs> Ew. It's got tapiocas in it. And this has skim milk, water, sugar, tapioca, modified cornstarch. Modified. Contains That's less than one and a half percent of hydrogenated vegetable oil, coconut palm kernel oils, salt, sodium sterol, lacetate for smooth texture, sodium aldenate, <laughs> calcium phosphate, natural and artificial flavor. Soy less than artificial color, yellow number five, yellow number six, yellow number seven, vitamin A, palomino, and vitamin D. Same company, produced with genetic engineering, stuff and things. <laughs> Genetically engineered tapioca. So pudding. it's interesting that they use skim milk for this, but they use. Well, generally, when. skim milk for the other. Oh, it is? Well, yeah. People make pudding, it's like milk, sugar, tapioca. No high fructose corn syrup, no artificial preservatives or. Sweeteners, oh, yeah, we, same great taste. We got rid of the high fructose corn syrup, but we genetically engineered the tapioca. Exactly. Meh. Meh. I'm gonna suck on this foil. <laughs> I used to hate tapioca pudding. I don't know when it changed that I didn't. Ah! What? Apparently you still do. Ah, oh, I'm itchy. He's allergic to tapioca. Mm. Oh! He's really allergic, apparently. He opens the lid like, ah! Opens the lid and falls over screaming. <laughs> so you didn't like it before? I used to hate tapioca pudding. I don't remember when or what changed to uh, make it so I liked tapioca pudding. So you like it then? Mm-hmm. 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 Um, um, um. Tastes like rice. Mm-hmm. That's a the cab farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Walking through there and I'm like, you know what? I should just buy like 16 things at random. And then take it to Larry's and start a new video series called Will Larry Eat It? I'm willing to do it. You know that. What is it? It's, I don't know. Well, how do you make it? How do you fix it up? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's kind of these stuff that we don't it's have. Green and orange. <laughs> it hissed at me when I picked it up off the counter. Shaped oh, we... like a long eggplant. <laughs> we were going to go to the Cat Farmer's Market yesterday, but... but they... It's not a new place yet. It's still the old place. Yeah. It won't be in a new place for a long time. No. They said it was supposed to already be in the new place. Like three years ago. Yeah, but could you imagine trying to move that operation? That's a huge operation. Have they done anything, though? The pictures they show, that it's still just an empty lot with a bunch of dirt in it. Yeah. I don't think they've got anything. I don't think they have the money. I think they're waiting for the wall to be built. <laughs> no, they can't do that. That's half their employees. Yeah, it means they can't leave. Yeah, they tapioca. They were walking through the, the meat department, and, you know, how they all wear the blue things, mm-hmm. the, the blue top and bottom, the hat and everything. Mm-hmm. We were walking past the, the meat section, and, you know, it's, like, it's huge, and the people scurrying around all over the place. I'm like, it looks like the Smurf Village. <laughs> With meat. With meat. 
Like they killed Gargamel and they have to prepare the food for storage. They killed Gargamel and Azrael and now they have to figure out how they're going to get rid of the body. You see like 200 people on the floor working and that's going to be just like a, a small percentage of the people who actually work there. Oh, about, oh yeah, they've got... I was reading the thing, they've actually got three shifts. It's open 24 hours a day. It's just closed all, to people. With all the stuff that they're producing and putting out there, like we're walking through the refrigerated section, there's like marinara sauce. Thanks, Larry. Yeah. On the carpet and everything. Yeah. And uh, I don't think it would have made a clank noise. Olives and all the breads and bagels. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a madhouse. You know, they started out with just a 7,800 square foot spot and ended up with what they've got right now. Half a county. Yeah, I know, right? It's actually surprisingly small. The retail portion is surprisingly small. The building doesn't look that large when you consider all the things that are going on in it. Well, I've been on the wholesale side, too. And the wholesale side, it takes up about a quarter of, the, of that building. Uh, when you go on the outside, it doesn't look like it. When you're in the back, it just stacks and stacks and stacks of stuff. Then they go out into the main area and they start pulling stuff. So if you go to a shelf and you see nothing on it, it's probably going to a restaurant or something. Like, they got to it before any of the customers could. It's 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 a wild operation. But I mean, all that stuff that they're doing, I mean, all that baking and... Oh yeah, the kitchens, the kitchens in there alone have to be huge. The, I mean, the bakery, I mean, come on. They gotta be like that wall size oven. Plus they're cooking <clears throat> food for the... Um... The restaurant part of it too. The restaurant actually cooks a lot of its own food. Oh, it does. Awesome. They've got their own kitchens, so. Oh yeah, we thought we were go, but we were told that the new. Yeah, when I was told wasn't, it wasn't oh, the new, the it new, wasn't the new building. I was like, oh, I don't want to see the old place still. I, like, I know what that looks like. Yeah, but you're running to us. That's another reason why I didn't go. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, we didn't want to run into them. Actually, I was gonna Get if we out. ended up going instead of doing what we ended up doing. I was going to be like, hey, we're going to the cab Farmer's Market. You want to hey, there? we just left the cab Farmer's Market. That would have been weird. Tell us when you're done. It was horrible yesterday. But it was another reason why I was like, never mind. There's a friend of mine that, that, uh, that we used to work with. Oh, he, yes. Uh, so do we like the tapioca? Yes, we like the tapioca. tapioca. Very yes. good, uh, actually, cue, yeah. uh, cue tapioca. Yeah. Cue Sleepy uh, Jello yeah, music. Jello music. Sleepy Jello music. And there you go. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. Uh, we did it just for you. Uh, if you're wondering why the uh, intro and outro sound a little different than normal, it's because I'm not here. I'm actually on a cruise right now. Or I might be. You never know. All right. So for Chris, Larry, Marissa, in parentheses, Harvey, and the whole crew, this is Larry saying, Aloha, oily, aloha, oily. Hi! This episode of Achieving Rally the Podcast has been brought to you by, well, us. <laughs> Here at Achieving Rally the Podcast. Hey there, Achieving Rally the Podcast listeners! I know you've enjoyed us for the last five years. Well, I've got news for you. We're now available on Spotify. That's right, Spotify. 
Log on to your Spotify account, look at the menu bar along the top, and click on the podcast. Then, search for Achieving Reality, the podcast. It's amazing. Now there's multiple ways to listen to my wackiness and Chris's snark. Achieving Reality, the podcast, now on Spotify. Go ahead, take a listen. Hey! 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 Hey!